Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today we are flashing back to episode number 143 with Ben Jackson a Hall of Fame division manager and respected leader in Cutco Vector's Eastern region. Ben's personal example is an inspirational reminder that by changing your perspective, you can change your life. This short snippet of our original podcast shares the incredible story of Ben's older brother, Brett, as well as some of Ben's own experiences playing high-level baseball. There's no doubt that this short flashback will help alter anyone's perspective on challenges and adversity. If you're a fan of this podcast, you can support what we're doing in several ways. First, share the podcast with others, particularly by sharing promotional social media posts. Second, take a few seconds right now to give us a five rating on your podcast player and write a short review if you're inclined to do so. You can also consider supporting our podcast sponsors by visiting changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. Remember, if you enjoyed today's flashback episode with Ben Jackson, you can revisit the full conversation at episode number 143. I know, Ben, that you have had some experiences in your personal life before Cutco that were truly transformational and have sort of shaped how you view life and how you view your experiences. And so I want to get into that and just start by letting you share a little bit about uh, yourself as you grew up. Yeah, I'll share a a little bit of background. I think uh, kind of my family and, and also a little bit about my backstory, I think would be beneficial to share my background for my, my mom and my dad, and then a little bit about my brother and also some adversity that I went through when I was coming out of, out of high school. I had the background of seeing my mom in corporate America, my dad running his own business, but the ups and downs that came with that process. Then I think about my brother. My brother, Brett is his name. I was either six weeks or six months old when this happened, but he was diagnosed with a brain tumor when he was four years old. Uh, that year, my I heard a lot about this story growing up about dealing with adversity, and it became one of those things in my life where something bad happened. You know, my parents would always bring up the adversity that my brother had dealt with and that we had dealt with as a family. My, our house burnt down when I was just born, like six weeks or six months old, and my brother got diagnosed with a brain tumor in my first year of our life. So, <laughs> wow. uh, you know, it always went back to. It was something bad would happen and, and and my mom or my dad would always bring these things back into perspective about like it could be worse right it could it could always be worse and so my brother was diagnosed with this brain tumor when he was, when he was four four and a half years old and he was given at the time about six months to live uh, so he wasn't supposed to be able to make it but my my parents have a lot of resilience and they do not take no for an answer uh, they found a 
surgeon in Toronto that would conduct the surgery. And there was a very strong chance of him not being able to make it through that surgery if things didn't go right. But luckily, they removed 70% of the of the tumor. And it's, a lot of it was in his pituitary. And some of it, they couldn't get out, but it hasn't grown. He and I left for college in 2008. When I graduated from high school, he went to Auburn. So he had been in community college for four years when I was in high school from 2004 to 2008. And then he, he graduated uh, you know, this past year, so 2020. So right. the guy's in college for 16 years, right? So that gives you an idea of the type of persistence and resilience that my brother has. And I, I spoke at his, his graduate, we put, we put a, you know, COVID, we wanted to have a massive party for him, but he is beloved by a lot of people in our community. But, you know, we couldn't do anything massive. I think it was about 35 people. And I spoke at his, uh, his luncheon that we did at Auburn. And I just talked about him being my hero. And, you know, I, I had the opportunity to grow up and experience what it was like to really struggle on a day-to-day basis from crossing the street to use, you know, using a cane to walking through a restaurant to, you know, this thing, the things that we take for granted, you know, people picking on him as a, you know, middle school, you know, high school, being in high school, being different. Right. And, uh, you know, it forced me to grow up. It forced me to look at my life differently and appreciate the opportunities that I had and the, you know, the ability to play sports and the ability to see. And, you know, a lot of the things that I think people my age, when you're in middle school and high school, kind of growing up, really take for, take for granted and don't really appreciate the things that I think we have. It forced me to, to think differently about some of those things. So is his vision impaired? His, it, tremendously. He can, he can see maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, 15% of what we can see. Yeah. I mean, he, he can see a little bit, uh, but it's not much. Uh, he's, wow. Yeah. And Visual, many, vision, many, vision's impaired. Uh, his whole right side of his body is pretty weak. He walks with a cane. He has a, a support brace for his right side of his foot to kind of keep it more straight. But, you know, the things that the eyesight and that type of he, he can you know you, you hear a lot of the if some things go down people in our in our brain we find a way to uh, supplement that with other parts of our brain and so his hearing is amazing he's very intelligent he had a stroke when he was 21 uh, I found him I was going to the gym and my mom had dropped him off and they had gone out of town and a little bit later on that day I went to pick him up and I found him. At 21 years old, I'm 17 at the time. You know, driving. I've, I've been driving for like you know six months or whatever. I go to the gym and I find him in the locker room, like uh, drooling at the mouth, eyes rolled back. I mean, v- very bad state. He had a stroke uh, at the gym and and made it to the locker room. But I took him to the hospital and and he he was in ICU for I think 10 or 11 days during this time period and that we didn't know if he was going to make it through that that experience and uh luckily he did he he made it through but his speech was very impaired uh coming out of that for stroke victims and i'm not sure if you've had any personal experience with that but speech is is typically very impaired so a lot of speech therapy that came out of that so you know if he has a lot of energy you can understand him but as soon as he gets a little bit more tired later on in the day. It gets harder and harder to understand him now. 
He had a, another stroke when he was in college. He was found out for about eight, I think it was like 17 or 18 hours. Uh, he was on the ground in his apartment. Uh, he, he lives by himself, by the way. It's crazy. Uh, he lives by, by himself in Auburn. We have people that go check on him every day, but he wants freedom. And my mom goes down there to Auburn as much as he possibly can. Right now he's in Atlanta, but you know, luckily a friend found him and got him to the hospital and same deal. He was in ICU for another, I think 10 or 10 or 11 days and made it through that. I mean, he's a warrior. He's uh, he fights, fights through. And the thing that's an amazing is that you, know, you ask him how, how he's doing. And if he can talk, he's going to say he's awesome. You know, he, he just appreciates life and he, he's thankful to be here. And he sheds a lot of perspective, I think, to people who think they have something going on and think they have toughness or adversity in their life that don't really know what adversity or experiencing that is even like. And it, it definitely put a outlook for me on how I, how I view adversity. And, you know, at first that took me a lot of patience to develop with people when they felt like they had a hard time or they felt like something was not going on in their life the way that they wanted it to be. I, I had a really hard time being patient uh, with people sometimes, but you know, it started with me. I learned a lot of lessons growing up uh, being around that. And, you know, maybe at first didn't operate or think the way that I, I should have, right. I, I learned a lot earlier on and it matured me, I think earlier on than I think a lot of people. What a story, Ben. And that the yeah. perspective that somebody would develop being around a situation yeah. like that for all of your, you know, your life, all of your formative years, it's really incredible to, to think about just the, uh, you know, the perspective that came about for you because of that. Talk to us about uh, baseball and your time playing baseball yeah. at a high level. I know that was also important to you. Yeah. So I, I was a big baseball player my whole life, played very competitively my whole life, starting from when I could swing a bat three, four years old until I I graduated from high school from 12 till 17, 18. I played on some pretty high level and, and nationally ranked uh, travel teams. And the goal is to be able to play college baseball at a high level. And, you know, if I could take it hard, farther than that, be able to play uh, at a higher level than that. If I could play in, in the majors, it, you know, that was uh, one of my goals. And that's one of the things that I trained for and kept me thinking. I was 16 years old. I had a couple of great games coming out of the gates and, uh, you know, was, was on the track that I wanted to be on, uh, for that season. I was pitching to a buddy after school one day, well, after practice one day, we stayed late had some extra batting practice and I didn't get behind the screen. There's usually a screen. I didn't get behind it. I was just kind of sitting there. I don't know why, but he hit it and it hit me right here. It came back It hit me right here in the face. So I broke uh, four bones here, five down the side of my face. Oh, right under your eye, next to your nose? Yeah, so basically my whole cheekbone. So right here. I woke up about a minute and a half, two minutes, no, I don't know, a minute and a half or so after. I, I basically got knocked out you know, for a minute and a half or so. I think my buddy thought I was dead. I was bleeding out of my eyes, my nose, my mouth when I woke up. And, you know, I could, I could see blood all over the place. A little bit later, I'm in an ambulance getting rushed to the hospital. The next day I get plastic reconstructive surgery. So the, they did the, when they did the surgery, they basically had to go down through my eye and up through my mouth to be able to do it. So there's not scarring on my face. 
And so all this is titanium plates and screws. My whole cheekbone on the left, on my left side is uh, rebuilt titanium plates and screws. So all this is uh, reconstructed. And, you know, it was one of those things where when they did the surgery, they thought, but they didn't know for sure if I would be able to see out of my left eye. So, and, and what the timing would be like, because all the nerve endings, when you did that, basically got cut off in the surgery. So I had to relearn how to see again. And, and I didn't know if I would be able to out of my left eye or what, but I had to relearn how to see again. It took me about eight, nine weeks to be able to get to a point where I could control my eye muscles in my left eye. And that for me was almost like a glimpse of what my brother experienced every single day of his life. Right. It really put things into perspective for me about, you know, like how I treated baseball and how I operated because for the first time I had some time to think uh, a little bit differently. And, you know, I I got back, uh, this is kind of crazy. I got back and you know, it was probably nine, 10 weeks after the injury where I got back and I started playing again, maybe, maybe 11, 12 weeks. I could see after eight, we started retraining again for maybe two, three weeks. So I started playing again, maybe after 11 or 11 or 12 weeks. Well, my third game back, I take a, I played, I was playing center field and I take a short hop. I got to throw somebody out of the plate and I felt something in my arm really like something did not click. It didn't feel right. I didn't say anything, but I went to the doctor the next day and, and I had really bad tendonitis and I had, I had torn something in my shoulder because I hadn't been doing very much training wise. And I tried to come back full throttle. So I'm out another eight weeks from this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. Like everything that I've been working for with baseball, everything that I wanted to do or, or so I thought I wanted to do up until that point in my life, uh, I felt like was being taken away from me. I felt like I wasn't going to be able to achieve at the level that I, I wanted to. And, you know, that's the, the point in time where as I was going through that experience, I, I decided that I wanted to do something and I was sick of laying around the house and doing rehab and everything I was doing. And I wanted to get a job. So that's when I started selling Cutco. I'm sure that your experience with the baseball injury was probably at least a measure easier for you to handle because you had seen your brother go through all of the things that he had gone through. Sure. Yeah. For me, the person that I never wanted to look at me and and think I would do more with their skills, their eyesight, things that they have. I never wanted my brother to look at me and be, I never wanted him to look at me and, and wish that he had the things that I had and the opportunities that I had and, and say that he would do more with it. Knowing the incredible success that you've had with Cutco, I, I would hope that every Cutco manager or rep listening to this could put a little bit of perspective on whatever adversities or challenges they've faced or they might be facing right now yeah. today. Because uh, this stuff is incredible. And to have experienced all these things you know, as a youngster, as a child, really, that's a difficult experience for sure. A difficult set of experiences to have had. And I know that they've really shaped how you viewed your opportunities in life. I get a, a lot of comments sometimes about my, my work ethic or how I think or how I operate. And to me, it's just, why would you operate or do or think any differently? You know, it's like, if we have the opportunity to see and we have the opportunity to breathe and we have the opportunity to wake up, let's, let's go to work. Let's operate in a way that that's, uh, people would look at and, and want to emulate. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. If you click on the deals link on our podcast page, you'll see some tremendous offers from our podcast sponsors. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.